And my good friend, Spencer. Please give it up for Spencer. Spencer is our student body president this year. We love you. We appreciate your leadership. Do you want this back further? What do you want? Hey. Spencer's got his cheering squad here this morning. Spencer also has his family here with him this morning, which is wonderful. We give it up to Spencer's family. You guys wave. Yeah. Bless you, buddy. Love you. Thank you. Um, All right. Is this on? We're good? Yeah? Okay. I'm just going to make sure I have uh, the time out here so I don't talk too long. Um, Yeah. As you guys know, my name is Spencer, um, and I love being at this place. I love being here with all of you guys, um, and I am beyond grateful for this opportunity to sit before you guys and to share my heart and the promises that God has displayed throughout my life um, and that he's continuing to display even up to this point. Um, And I'll share more about that later, too. And many of you know, I love costumes. If you don't see me dressed like this, you'll see me in a costume somewhere, uh, maybe hidden in a mall somewhere. Um, But today I decided to not go with that route and kind of just go with a more uh, kind of relaxed um, atmosphere. Um, And if you can go to the first slide here, um, today kind of I titled this um, sermon Exposed. And so I want to create that atmosphere, and so I've asked to have the lights turned out, and just to have this single light here, um, and to come before you sitting on a chair and create this space of vulnerability, um, and create a place where I can share with you guys and share my heart, um, and share what God has placed on my heart. So I'd ask you guys to um, just be present in this moment. Um, If you have your phones on, you're using it for the scriptures, awesome. Put it on airplane mode, put your phone away, but be present in this moment with me, um, just out of respect, and and to just, because I want to engage with you guys, I want to speak right to you guys, um, and to the the burden that God has placed on my heart um, to share today. Um, And so before I start, uh, would you just join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace, for your victory, and for your triumph, God, and that the cross, the cross has the, the final word, God, and that we can rest knowing that you have won the battle, God. Lord, I pray that you would um, bring your humility over me, God, and um, that you would speak so clearly through me that I would just be silenced and that I would step to the side and let your spirit move in such powerful ways in my limitations, God. Would you uh, just speak so clearly? Lord, I pray for my friends here, my family, for these people that I get to do life with. I pray that you would open their hearts, God, that they would be so receptive to what you want to share, that, that as your spirit has already begun to work, God, that you would, would continue that work. Would you convict? Would you soften our hearts, God? And we would be able to to hear these truths and promises that you declare over every single one of us in this place. We love you and we thank you, God. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. So, um, if you guys don't know me, I am a big fan of Brene Brown. Um, And she is phenomenal. She... uh, 
talks about vulnerability. She studies and researches shame, which is a big thing in our culture today, um, and just this idea of coming exposed and raw and real. Um, and so, Brad, if you mind, wouldn't mind putting up the first quote here. Um, wholeheartedness is something that even our student council team were working through this and, and letting this be a value that guides us. But I just wanted to kind of share a bit of what she says behind wholeheartedness here. And so it says, wholeheartedness. There are many tenets of wholeheartedness, but at its very core is vulnerability and worthiness. Facing uncertainty, exposure, and emotional risk, and knowing that I am enough, and I kind of added in the end, in him, because I truly believe that that's where we place that, that I am enough. Um, and I think you can go back to the other one for a second there. And so today I really want to, wanted to kind of create this, this space to, to kind of face this uncertainty, to come before you guys exposed and, and to step into a bit of an emotional risk. But I believe that God is going to so firmly step into that and, and show his power through my weaknesses and my limitations. Um, and you can go to this, this next slide here. Um, and so Brene Brown also talks about authenticity and how she says it's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. And so I want to do that with you guys today. I want to open myself up and open my heart to you guys um, and let my true self be seen. Um, but also let God's like true character be seen through that as I do that too. Um, so would you guys bear with me as I, I kind of open up a little bit and expose um, my limitations. Um, leading up to this was difficult. Um, I so badly wanted to impress all of you guys. I wanted the right words to say. I wanted to um, impress all our theologians in here and, and, and just like seeing how people on Wednesday nights, Gavin and Kim, and how they share their hearts and how Dave and we've had a guest speaker come in. And, and so many years of being here at Summit, I've seen this, this fire and this amazing preaching skills that they, they possess. Um, and I was so badly striving after that. And I was um, getting to the point where I was so focused on that that I forgot about why I was actually preaching. And, and I was so focused on being something that I'm not. And so I wanted to share that with you guys, the fact that I am not this big guy that walks around and, and has all these fancy words to say um, and, and is able to articulate these perfect sentences. And I was trying to think of all these cool points that I could drive in, but I was like, no. That is not what God wants to do here, that he wants to, to um, expose who he is and, and use me, Spencer. He doesn't want to use some made-up person that I, I want to and I strive to become, but he wants to use who he's created me to be. Um, and so stepping into that, I, I kind of came into that realization and I was striving so hard to be this person that I'm not, and God reminded me again of who I am and who I am in him and that he has created me uh, to be me. Um, and so in preparing for this sermon, in studying and diving deep into it, I, I started two weeks ago just praying into it and, and, and seeing where God would reveal his, his truth and his promise um, and where he has revealed it. I'm um, allowing that to speak to me. And I jumped in and I found the scripture and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I, I, I'm a person who loves preparation and being 
done things ahead of time, and I'm, I was excited. I'm like, yes, like, I have it. That's perfect. I still have two weeks to go until I actually have to preach. And so I began. I began going into commentaries. I, I looked at word studies, and I, I went through and did the classic circling all those big words that were in there and really digging into what Scripture was telling me. Um, but through that process, I kind of got lost in that. I got lost in that that pursuing all these, these pieces of wisdom and knowledge and, and wanting to be this eloquent speaker and present with you guys all these, these beautiful things that I was learning. Um, but I got to the point where I, I recognized that, um, that I have limitations. And I, I had already been thinking through the points that I wanted to share with you guys and recognized that I was like preaching to myself and God was taking me through each point. And I was hit many times. If many people that I was in contact with leading up to this could tell you that I was a bit of a mess at times and, and would constantly be in awe of who God is and, and how amazing and how just glorious he is and how little I am and how limited I am. And I had to sit in that uncomfortability and that vulnerability of being exposed for who I truly am and that, that I'm weak, that I'm limited, but he is so much bigger. And through that, he brought me into this humility that I would have never been able to, to see if I didn't get this opportunity and that he was using this um, preparation even then um, for me to realize and to be humbled before him in surrender and recognizing that it's not about me at all and that it is entirely about him. And then he moved me into this new confidence, um, just to be confident in his sufficiency and in who he is, not who I am. Um, and so that whole process of acknowledging who I am and, and the limitations that I have and then coming into that humility and surrender and then coming into that confidence to boast in his sufficiency. And so I want to jump into our scripture today, and that is 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 10. I've put it up on the screen here, um, but I would encourage you guys to open it in your Bible. I love circling. I love highlighting, like making use of what's in my hands. And if you have it on your phone, you can do that too. But um, yeah, I'd encourage you to read along with me as I, as I do this. So it's 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through to 10. So it says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I knew, and I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that. But I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, 
for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow. <laughs> that is some amazing promises that God had, had given to Paul there and that I believe are still for us today. Um, I'm going to pause in that. Just take a drink of water. I don't know when you're supposed to do it, if there's a proper time, but... <laughs> mm. <laughs> so I kind of want to walk through this a little bit and kind of bring a bit of clarity um, to this section of Scripture. And uh, I want to start with this whole idea of visions and revelations that, that Paul had experienced. Um, I find it amazing, and many people, uh, as I was reading commentaries, the fact that he told this in the third person, and that he wasn't like, hey, I experienced these, I, I did these, like, I got to see these awesome visions and revelations, but he said, no, a man, I know a man, he got to experience this. Um, and I think that in and, in and of itself is like, wow, like, he sure was humble. Um, and to give you guys a little bit of context um, for the reason why he was sharing these visions and revelation is because there were some false apostles who were coming up and, and boasting in all these amazing things that they were able to do. Um, but Paul wanted to kind of flip this whole idea of boasting on its head and be like, no, like I'm not boasting in myself, but I'm boasting in the one who gives me strength and who gives me the ability to do this and, and works through him. And so he completely takes this, this boasting, this selfish boasting that they were doing, and he flips it entirely and says, no, I'm going to boast about um, my weaknesses. I'm going to boast about who has given me this power um, and this strength to do these things. And so he turns the attention away. And later on, he also says that he will not boast about himself, but about his weaknesses. Um, and that's the only safe grounds for boasting. That's the only place you can stand in, in this boasting without it turning into this prideful um, and conceited thing. Um, and so he, he turns that attention uh, back to the one who, who gives him this power. Um, and he also says here that uh, he refrains, so no one will think more of him than is warranted by what he does or says or because of these surpassingly great revelations. And again, he's just keeps directing that attention away from himself. He keeps um, turning it back to God and turning it back to the one who, who gave him these revelations and visions. Um, and then here, this part that I think a lot of people kind of hit and kind of get stuck on and kind of struggle with it a bit um, too much than I think was intended. Um, it's this idea of this thorn. Um, and, it, and it says here that he was given a thorn in his flesh, uh, this, this messenger of Satan to torment him. Um, and before that, it says that it, in order to keep me from being conceited, he was given this thorn. Um, and I think so often people are like, ooh, I wonder what this thorn could have been. Could it have been malaria? Could it have been some sort of headache he was experiencing? Like, there was a physical thing, and, and people could see it. Um, but I don't think that was the point. I think God wanted it to kind of be a bit ambiguous and kind of, like not give the full detail of what it was so that we could also kind of relate to that experience too and, and see ourselves in that experience. Um, but I think the, th the thorn served two purposes. The thorn served the purpose of, of giving him perspective. Um, it says it right away where he says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, that he saw it as a gift. He didn't see it as like, oh man, like 
God cursed me. Like, he just, like, threw this thing at me, and I, I don't know what to do with it. But he's like, you know what? I was given this thorn. And so he sees, like, he's like, okay, I need to change my perspective. It can't just be something that I, I complain and I, I, I'm so focused on. Um, and the second thing that we can learn from it is that it was purposeful um, and that God used it. Um, and we see here that it says a messenger of Satan that was used to torment him. And, um, and I believe that, that God used that and, and still had a purpose in that and, um, and just showing Paul that there was a reason behind this. But then we also see that Paul afterwards says, I pleaded. He, three times he pleaded with God to take it away from him. Three times here is like not specific, like three, like one, two, three, and that's all he did, and he just left. He's like, okay, I prayed three times, I'm good. Three times in like Hebrew figure was like ceaselessly, like he continuously prayed and like longed for this to, um, to go and to leave him. And so often we pray for God to relieve these things from us, and we expect his response, we expect, expect this um, a way that we want it to happen, but God has such a, a better way of doing things than we could ever understand. Um, and so there's two ways that you can relieve this burden um, or this thorn. God could have just removed it completely, or he could have strengthened the shoulders of, of Paul, who is bearing this thorn. And so we see that God strengthens the shoulders of Paul, um, and he responds by saying, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Wow. I can only imagine Paul just sitting there and being like, okay, that, that's the response. And he's, he's just sitting in it and he's like, oh, God has, is, is speaking right now. And he's humbling him so much and saying that in this limitation, in this weakness, that my power is going to be made perfect in that. Um, and I think that's amazing. That, that's not always the response we want to hear, but it is, it, it is exactly where we need to be. Um, and Paul was made then completely dependent on God. Um, that in this moment where he had this thorn, he had this um, limitation that it, it caused him to just completely rely on God. Um, and it was reassuring for him that God was going to use his power to make perfect this weakness and this limitation. Um, and so then we see Paul's response. It says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. He's going to delight in this weakness. I don't know about you guys, but I would not be ready to delight and be dancing and excited, but that is just to show the character of Paul and what God was using and, and doing in this thorn and this limitation. Um, and so then he ends it by saying, uh, when I am weak, then I am strong. And so it kind of flips this whole idea um, of boasting and of boasting in his weaknesses that that's his response. Okay, you know what? Now I'm going to boast in, in the one who gives me power, the one who um, makes this weakness bearable, that, that shines his power through it. Um, and so I want to kind of give you guys a couple points um, to kind of take away, uh, and it kind of forms a sentence. Um, the first part of the sentence, uh, you can throw it up there, Brad, it says, Our vulnerability and acknowledgement of our limitation provides a humility and surrender. So we come, and we're exposed, and we're vulnerable, and we're brought before this weakness and limitation. And that's a difficult place to be when you come face-to-face -face with what you 
cannot do. And you're brought face to face with your human limitations and inability. Um, But man, does that ever produce such a strong humility in you when you come face to face with that? Um, And it's very contrary to what our culture says today, that we are to look at our strengths, we're to look at the amazing things we can do, that we are to feel empowered because we're strong, we're independent. But have you ever sat and made like a resume of your limitations? Have you ever sat and, and made this list of all the things that you're weak in? That's a tough thing to do. But I would challenge you guys to do that because <laughs> it is very, very humbling. Um, and I believe that what, that is what Paul is also charging us to do, to come into that acknowledgement of our weaknesses in order that we would walk and step in a humility as we surrender to God. Um, and so... Uh, I believe that God honors that as we sit in this kind of exposed, this raw and real state of recognizing we're so limited, that he honors that, he uses that. He's not just going to sit us and be like, wow, look at you, you're just sitting there exposed, you're like weak, you're like limited, but he's like, thank you, like I now like I am going to empower you and to use that spot where you see as this weakness and limitation. Um, and so he whispers over us, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I'm going to say it again. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Wow. That, that definitely is something that I believe God is continuing to speak over me, and I believe he's continuing to speak over all of us. And, but that's what his promise for us. That right there is his promise that, that his grace is sufficient, that it is enough, and that his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And so um, as we come into that humbling and as we receive this power, um, we, res- we, we recognize that it's because... Um, of who he is. It has everything to do with God. It's nothing to do with us. Um, and it's nothing to do with our ability. But it's everything to do with who he is and who he declares himself to be. Um, and I heard this awesome quote, which I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I couldn't find the person who said it. <laughs> but I, I just loved it, and I think it spoke so beautifully into this promise that we are um, seeing here. It says, The means of God's restoration is our weakness. A vessel perfectly situated to demonstrate his authority and sufficiency. I'm going to say that one more time. The means of God's restoration is our weakness. A vessel that is perfectly situated to demonstrate his authority and his sufficiency. I find that to be amazing that this weakness, this limitation is actually the vessel by which God uses his power and he exercises and demonstrates his authority and sufficiency in us. Um, And so then I want to move on to this next part of my point here that says, I'll read the full thing, our vulnerability and acknowledgement of our limitation provides a humility and surrender which ultimately produces in us a confidence to boast in his sufficiency. And so as we acknowledge our limitations, once we become aware of, of what our weaknesses are and we come face to face with that, that I believe that, that we have this new confidence, that we can boast 
fully in his sufficiency and nothing that we could ever do. Um, and he proclaims that, that his grace is sufficient, that it is enough for us, and that his power is completed, that it is made perfect in our weakness. And so for me, this has been a reoccurring promise, that something that I've seen way back um, when I was in high school, but also in the recent years here at Summit. Um, and for me, I have gotten the opportunity to step into student body president. And that is a big responsibility, and that is a big weight that I don't take lightly um, at all. Um, but I also recognize that I can't be anything that I'm not, and that I have limitations in that, that I have weaknesses that I believe God put there for reasons so that his power can be seen through that. As I lead the team, as I lead meetings, there's times where I go in freaked out because I have to speak, because I have to uh, have so many eyes staring at me. But I believe in that in those moments, that's when his power is shining through in those limitations that I have. In public speaking, too, like, this is not my most comfortable place. I, um, I very much feel limited, and I very much... Um, I'm weak and scared, um, but I believe that um, through that, that God speaks more powerfully through me um, and through my limitations and weaknesses that his power is made perfect and that is seen so clearly through that. Um, and I think that it also just comes out of a fear because I want to impress you guys. I want you guys to like me. I want you to, to uh, see me in this light, but I believe that God... Um, is, is using it in such a different way and is challenging me in that too, that, um, that it is nothing to do with me. As I sit here, that I want nothing, I do not want to get in the way of what God wants to do and, and this um, power that God has. And I want you guys to see the Father through me, that it would not be anything that I do. Um, and I also have seen this promise displayed um, and kind of uh, challenged me as I look toward my future and how I want to be this big person that maybe a CEO, I want to be speaking, I want to like use like my platform to like do awesome things with like a not-for-profit or something like that. But at the same time, God reminds me and he humbles me and he says that, that there are limitations, but that his power would be made, th- like, made perfect through that. Um, but those moments where I feel like I want to, um, where I kind of feel that pride slipping in, that God reminds me, he humbles me, and to surrender that before him, um, and to surrender the plans that I have because he has greater plans. Um, and so I have seen that promise um, revealed so much to me. Um, yeah, and in preparing for this sermon, um, I just want to share a little bit uh, with you guys about this process and how there had been this moment where I was so excited where God was going to take it, and, and I had this idea. I'm like, okay, I know what a perfect preacher does. They have, like, this awesome intro. They have this super creative illustration. They have all these, like, fancy lines that they jump in, toss in, and, and, and they have this way of doing things. So I'm like, okay, that's where I'm going. And I was so ready on that. And the past three days, God has put a mental block in my head, and he had just sat, and I would sit there, and like, nothing is coming to my mind. I'd be in coffee shops for like six hours. I'd be um, down in the chapel basement for a couple hours. I was out at Starbucks yesterday for a couple more hours, and then I came back to the chapel basement for a couple more hours, and nothing. And I was like, what the heck, God? What are you doing? Like, I speak tomorrow. How the heck, how? 
I, and for me, you, you know that I love to be prepared. I love to have this outline and this structure. But I think God was teaching me something so beautiful in that. Um, and he brought me to this place of just complete humility and surrender. Um, and I called my family, many tears, and just breaking down. And, but I think God wanted to get me to that point of just, I thought I had been surrendered. I thought I had become humble. And I thought that I was, like, ready. I'm like, yeah, like... I, I'm, I'm good to go. I, I've already walked through acknowledging my le- weaknesses and limitations. Oh, and yes, I'm already humble. Sounds great, but even in that, it's like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. And so I just was brought to this place of humility and recognizing that it has nothing to do with me and that in my limitations, um, he wanted me to come face to face with that. And he took me in a completely different direction. This is like, not what I had planned, and, and I didn't plan to sit here and, and just kind of expose my vulnerabilities and my weaknesses and my limitations before you, but I think there is so much power in that. And I think there is so much power in coming before him and saying, look at me, I can't do anything. I am so weak, I am so limited, but my God, you are so much bigger than me. That, that you come to this place of surrender, that you would release these limitations and weaknesses to him and that he would just move through them in such beautiful ways. Um, And so I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge our community to be vulnerable. That we would first create those spaces for each other. That whether that be in our rooms, whether that be here, whether that be out in a car driving to a coffee shop, at a coffee shop, that we would create that space to be vulnerable with each other. And I would, I would definitely encourage you guys to pray into this and, and walk through this cautiously. It's not something that you can just jump into. You can't just spill your guts to someone and expect them to just be there for you. And to, like, they will support you, but that you need to set those places first and you need to make those safe places. Um, and so I would encourage you with your friends, uh, with our campus pastors, I love going in and, and sitting with Gavin and, and just sharing my heart with him and, and being vulnerable. And in that, he supports me and he challenges me and, and proclaims life over me. And so I would encourage you guys to go there, to go to your RAs, that they are in your, your wings. And if you're in the Morrison, like, share with people in the hallways. Like, be, create this space of vulnerability. And it, it's tough work. You can't just expect to jump in and be like, let's create this space and then sit there and hope something happens. But it's hard work. And I, I personally am grateful. I have such a solid group of people that surround me and allow me to be vulnerable and allow me to um, express all my limitations and weaknesses. And so I'd encourage you guys, and I would challenge us uh, to, to create that space of vulnerability. Um, and I would also charge us to practice this that we can, we can go in back to lunch now, we can get into our classes again and just kind of forget about this idea of vulnerability. But I would charge you guys to practice it. That you'd first practice this vulnerability before your father. That you would take time to go alone. I know you can do it in community, but I think there is huge value in doing it alone and just coming before him, whether that be through journaling, through just speaking it out, Uh, through prayer, through worship, that you would come into this place of vulnerability and completely expose yourself before the Father and show him your limitations and your weaknesses, but believe that he will come through in that, 
and that he will be there to catch you. He will be there to strengthen you in those times of coming face-to-face with those inabilities. Um, And so um, I would encourage you guys to sit in vulnerability, acknowledging your limitations. Would you allow that exposure to provide you with a humility in surrendering wholly to God? Recognize that in your limitations, God's grace is sufficient for you, and that his power is made perfect in weakness. I hope that you would stand in a confidence and boast in his sufficiency, knowing that he is using you and your limitations to accomplish his purposes. I'm going to pray to close, and I would just encourage you guys to, to step into that, to, to step into that vulnerability and exposure and, and set a time aside for that, because it is so valuable. Father, we come before you today, and we recognize that we are limited that we have weaknesses, God. That we, we come before you and we fall. We fall to our knees, God, recognizing that we can't do it on our own strength. That we can't do it uh, by striving as our culture tells us, Lord, but that we would come before you, open to what you want to do, God. Would we expose ourselves to you? Would we expose our heart for you to transform for you to, to do a new work in, God. Lord, we, we release these weaknesses, God. We surrender it before you. Would you work in such a way that we did not expect? Would you take those weaknesses and limitations, God, and shine your power through that, that your power would be made perfect and would be completed uh, in our weaknesses, God? And that we would walk with a confidence, not in ourselves, God, and not in anything we can do, but we would walk in a confidence declaring that you are good, that you are sufficient, that you are are our king, and that you give us this power. God, that we would boast in your sufficiency, Lord. We give you all that we are, God, so that you can pour yourself out over us. Would you challenge us today for something to stick Whatever I had said today, God, would that be working within everybody in this room? Would there be something that that you convict and that you challenge in our hearts today as we leave? That we would practice vulnerability, that we would practice exposing ourselves before you in order that our limitations uh, would bring bring you glory and that you would make perfect uh, your power and our weaknesses. We thank you, Lord. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to take this opportunity, okay? Um, you did a great job, and I bet you, uh, by show of hands, please do so. If you've been in that same spot that Spencer's been before, where you're just like, oh, I can't do this. Why am I here, right? Okay? Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 
Paul also says this, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So thank you. Thank you, Spencer. And, and with that knowledge, you talked about the one H word humility, but also knowing that our weakness, right? God's power is shown best in our weakness. It doesn't just humble us, but it also just gives us hope right? That it doesn't rest on me. It's like, whoo, good thing that it's his power and not mine. So in my weakness, his power shines. So bless you, Spencer. God bless you guys. Have a great Monday.